This episode of the Cinemavention podcast is brought to you by Routing Wonk, RozJ001, Alex Hanna, and Wabbit Magic. Want to find out how to become one of the names listed? Go to patreon.com slash is one to find out how. Hi, I'm W. Scott is one, and I have not seen the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. A Cinemavention. Where'd you get those goobers? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which my guest has seen before. He is a regular Diamond Club game night contributor and intermittent streamer. Please welcome back Brian Koford to the show. Good to have you back, man. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Nice to be back. Yeah, good to have you. Uh, so we are going to be discussing Bill and Ted, which, spoiler alert, I enjoyed a lot, and it's such a fun movie, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, before we get into discussing the movie, uh, let's talk a little bit about where you can find it. Bill and Ted uh, is available for rent or purchase, but you can't actually stream the movie, unfortunately, which is, eh, whatever. It's been free on YouTube in the past, but that was when... The new Bill and Ted movie came out, so check JustWatch.com for the latest in terms of streaming rights, if they are available. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was released by Orion Pictures on February 17th, 1989. Movie. I I believe that's pronounced Orion. Oh, is it Orion? Yes. What did I say? I I don't even know what I said. Oh, Orion. Uh, Okay. Go ahead. Do your stuff. (laughs) The movie was directed by Stephen Herrick and stars... Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, George Carlin, Terry Camillier, and Dan Shore. Movie had a budget of $6.5 million and made $40.5 million in theaters. However, Brian, when was the first time that you saw this movie? Uh, probably in the mid-90s. Okay. So you didn't see it in theaters. You just saw it. When it came I out, I don't think so. When it when it came out, I was a bit young for going to theater. It, it's not the type of movie my parents would have taken me to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and uh, it, been thir- twelve or thirteen or something around there. So I didn't have a car, so I couldn't drive to the theater myself. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, long, long, long time listeners of this show will will recall that, um, of course, I was sheltered as a kid as well. And so that's part of the reason why I haven't seen half of these movies. So yeah. I could see that. I can see that for sure. Yeah. So we pro- probably end up watching on VHS uh, with one of my friends or something like that. So, yeah, right on, right on. So uh, let's get into talking about this movie now. I kind of had an idea that this was a time travel movie, um, but I didn't really um, I didn't really experience it or know about it, that aspect of it too much until we started watching the movie. So having seen Back to the Future before, which if you want to know my review on the first Back to the Future movie, go back to episode two on that. Uh, But that movie uh, was in the back of my mind uh, this entire time when we were watching this movie. And because I was kind of comparing and contrasting the time travel aspect of both movies. Um, Yeah, I I think that um, there may be some corollaries there in that. Yeah, it only came out a couple of years after 
Uh, and there's a couple of things that may or may not be called back to back to the future. So that's, yeah, it's worth, worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the similarities and perhaps a lot of the differences. Cause I think there's a lot of differences um, with this movie as opposed to uh, back oh, yeah. to the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, for example, uh, uh, one thing that I noticed right away was that there's no um, worrying about messing up time and space by bringing all these historical figures in from the past. Um, and realistically, the only problem, so to speak, was was when they were all at the mall causing havoc. And you know what I'm it, it, that that was yeah. a that was a great scene, by the way. Yeah, it causes problems, but it doesn't it doesn't screw the entire timeline up like it would in in Back to the Future. Yeah. Right. Also, malls. Remember when those we used to be a thing we went to? <laughs> I think so. Vaguely. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not even the pandemic notwithstanding. I mean, they were already yeah. kind of <laughs> struggling even yeah. before the pandemic. So <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, and uh, the time machine uh, that the actual time machine itself uh, is a telephone booth in Bill and Ted, but it's a car in Back to the Future. So, yeah. hmm, a little different concept there. Yeah, um, and the car only had to travel back to one time period. Um, the telephone booth traveled all throughout time, too. And so, well, I, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that they alluded to. I think it was an in joke. Um, it's very subtle uh, in that the reason the car in Back to the Future only goes back in time once is because it immediately breaks. Uh, there's no way to power the thing. Yeah, true, true. They don't have they don't have any uh, plutonium to throw in there to power it to get it back. So they have to jury rig this whole elaborate setup where they have to know exactly when a lightning strike is going to happen and where at a very specific time. So it was very tri- tricky to travel multiple times through time in that movie. Uh, given the circumstances, whereas in Bill and Ted, they're constantly traveling through time. It's it's basically the entire movie. There's there are very few moments in time where there's more than a minute and a half between them traveling through time in that movie. It's ridiculous. Uh, and there is a point where the where their time machine breaks, and they sit there for a couple minutes and use some bubble gum to stick it back together, and it's working again. <laughs> I love how yeah, and I love how um it was. Because I think they were in uh, when they were using the bubble gum, weren't they? I think if I remember the year that they were in, it was ten thousand BC. I think uh, that's what I had, yeah because that's what I yeah, had in because my notes. the antenna had broken and it and it threw them way out into they hadn't dialed that number. It just ended up going there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, so. I guess the telephone booth uh, reigned supreme over the car. Sorry, Doc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, I, one more thing about uh, the uh, about Back to the Future here. There's a point in Bill and Ted uh, where they're having to sneak around uh, the uh, uh, the Ted's dad's place of work, um, and he's working at um, at a jail in the county. And and there and there's a scene where they're like sneaking around, where Bill and Ted are sneaking around, right? Um, and then they have faxes coming in, warning to watch out for specific situations that are just about to happen to them. Uh, Will, mm-hmm. that wasn't a fax. That's this machine that some people know as a typewriter. Ah, typewriter. See, I thought it was a fax machine, but yeah. No. So what had happened is uh, they had gone after all of those events happened. They went back in time, went to the uh, police precinct. Before they were there, 
placed the tape recorder, set it to go off at a certain time, and then typed up that message at that typewriter so that they would find it later when they can when when the oh right because I because I remember the uh, yeah because I remember the tape yeah okay but uh, but that but that was one thing that I um that I it, it sort of like clicked in my in, in my memory because. We we kind of already knew that at the Circle K there was another copy of Bill and Ted that emerged from another telephone booth. Um, well, it's not a copy; it was the same guys, just a different point in there. Yeah, different point, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, so it, I, I guess from that standpoint, like the fact that they like were able to um, plan ahead and elaborate on that specific. I mean. Oh, they when, didn't plan ahead. They planned behind. <laughs> in the moment. See, they were sitting in the moment. They're like, what could we do to get out of here? And it was like, well, if only we had a tape that would distract them. And they're like, oh, all we have to do is remember to come back and do that later. Right. But when they. But, but before. Yeah. But when when when, it, when that warning message comes out of the typewriter, though, like it, it warns of a specific situation. So somebody in the timeline knows what's about to happen. At oh, a they do. Point. Yeah. It's not shown on screen, but they come back in their future back to that point before they were there and set everything up. So also same thing with the trash can that they catch his dad in. Remember, he goes, huh, remember trash can. And he's saying, remember trash can because he has to remind himself later to go set the trash can up to capture his dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause that wasn't really, uh, that wasn't really clear to me as, as like why yeah. there were so many versions because obvious, because in my 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 logic in that was I was I was like, well, that some they either have to be like doing this over and over again, or they know what's happening already and they're setting things yeah, up so, in advance. Yeah, so essentially they've gone through it the first time, and and uh, that meeting where they meet themselves with Rufus sort of sets up the concept. Is they go through the timeline once. And they just remember, hey, here's some problems we ran into, and here's how those problems got resolved. They just had to remember after these events to go back and set up the own fi- their own fixes for themselves. Ah, uh, which and is so they, which explains it, why they have the uh, they have meeting the, themselves thing is going. Right. Hey, and so when they go there, they go, hey, the second time around, that conversation made way more sense. <laughs> yeah, right. No, because it doesn't. Yeah, because it's not really clear um, at the start why there's another version of themselves other than to reaffirm to them that this isn't just some crazy guy yeah. who's, you know, doesn't yeah. know what and he's talking about. It's one of the reasons the movie is great is there's some subtle stuff going on there that they don't beat you over the head with it, but they give you enough clues in the movie, especially if you watch it a couple of times, it, may, it becomes pretty obvious what's going on there, but they don't, they don't have to go back and show you, go, um, show them going and setting up all the stuff that happens. They just go, Hey, we just need to remember to do that later. And then it happens. They don't have to waste all the time showing you all that boring garbage of them setting all that stuff up. Right. Speaking of uh, speaking of setting things up uh, early for later, uh, the uh, the opening scene at the beginning, um, I, I I don't think there's any significance to the fact that the year was twenty six eighty eight at the begin at the opening scene. I don't I don't think there's it, anything too it, significant about a, that, is there? Not really. It's a tendency with time travel movies in general to use round numbers when figuring out how many years to go in the future. That, you know. Some people would just say, "Ah, oh, let's go approximately 700, which like Star Trek will do when they do their time travel. They they just say, oh, we ended up in this century, and they aren't terribly particular about the years in most cases. Sure. Right? Even, if, even if, you know, so I was about to make a discovery spoiler, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, 
but in these shows, particularly in the late 80s, they seem to like the round number. So uh, in Back to the Future, he goes back, uh, what was it, 50, uh, 80, exactly 30 years. Yeah, so it was uh, 55? Yeah, it was 55. Right. In, in the movie, it was in 85. And in this case, they went forward exactly 700 years. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and, and but... Y- um, despite it being 2688 though like there is a there is a significance to that opening scene and the fact that they yep. uh they go to that um room later on um in the movie but and it and it's kind of like a hint to what is to come a little bit but it also kind yep. of is sets up sets as a good way to set up the the movie in the first place too yeah uh so um and speaking of that scene, um, originally in the movie, uh, this brings me a couple of things that I think we skipped over here. Uh, one is uh, the fact that I forgot that the phone booth is not a phone booth to start with. They disguise it as a phone booth. It starts off as sort of a crystal looking thing. Mm. And you see that in like the credit scene. It's it's just kind of coming down. No explanation what it is. But then just before Rufus goes back to get Bill and Ted, he turns it into a phone booth. So that's not its normal appearance. They, it's sort of a disguise, which is hilarious, uh, which brings me back into, if you're going to compare this to time travel, I think Back to the Future, although is interesting in that it's um, a contemporary movie, uh, the time travel in this movie is much more like it is in, uh, in Doctor Who. Uh-huh. And so I think this is much more of a play on Doctor Who than it is anything related to Back to the Future. So in Doctor Who, uh, the TARDIS um, is disguised as a police phone box. That's not its normal appearance. It's a disguise. Uh, it gets stuck that way. You can yeah. talk to Sam about that more if you want to. Sure. Um, but the police box is essentially an overblown phone booth. Uh, it's a fancy phone booth for emergency calls is kind of what that's for. And so them making it a phone booth, I think, is a direct callback to Doctor Who having essentially a phone booth as a time machine. Right. But in this movie, they explore the possibility that it's not bigger on the inside. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that they're all trying to cram yeah. all the people in the phone booth, which uh, in the eighties was a thing people would try to do. Is yeah. to figure out how many people they could fit into a phone booth. So that was just hilarious. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, and, 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 and this one, and this movie came out in 89, um, back to the future came yeah. out in 85. So certainly there could mm-hmm. be some, uh, there could be some uh, correlation with back to the future as sort of oh, yeah. inspiration for right. it. Like like I said, them breaking the time machine and fixing it was sort of them thumbing their nose at, at Back to the Future for making theirs hard to fi- hard to fix. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. <laughs> and then the and then the other thing is the thing you mentioned previously is how time travel affects the timeline works much more like Doctor Who does. Is yeah, you change things, but you can't change certain things. Um, when you're in a time period, essentially the time keeps moving. So when you leave it and come back the same amount of time you spent gone is essentially already passed in that timeline. And you have to intentionally skip a certain amount forward. So you can't, it, it's rarely done in Dr. Who, although they would do it occasionally where they only jump a couple of minutes. It's usually they go, they go to some random time period and then they're just there for a while. And right. if they leave and come back, time is also progressed. So like usually the companions are of a contemporary, you know what, when the show is airing, that's where they live. And so right. when they're gone, for six months galvanizing around the universe and they come back six months has also passed in their home timeline essentially. And that's yeah. how Bill and Ted works. They have to get all that done in 24 hours because Sam Dimas time is still going at, you know, even, even though, you know, in there essentially the same as their time is progressing, even though they're in different time uh, slots. Right. Yeah. So it. there's definitely, there, there's definitely some like, 
there's still some stuff that you can't do like yeah. like like there's some stuff that you have to follow in the time travel laws for yeah. lack of a better term right yeah. but and then, but it's not yeah. the in the but it's not in the same vein yeah and then the last point where it's very similar to doctor who is is when you do change events in the past um they're less likely to cause the entire future to diverge drastically like they do in uh back to the future right or back to the future you go back in time you change one little thing and now Hmm. I'm not going to say that because I believe that's Back to the Future too. So okay, well, no, I can I can give an I can give an example <laughs> from Back to the Future. Spoilers if you haven't seen Back to the Future for any for no for any reason. But yeah. but when it goes from um the Twin Pine Malls at the beginning of the movie to One Pine yeah. Mall because uh because uh, Marty drove over the tree or whatever. Yeah, and so yeah. that's that's a small example of. Things to come. I don't want to tell you too much about it, but uh, in in the Back to the Future universe, if you change the wrong thing, the, the whole future is completely different. Uh, whereas in Bill and Ted, you change one thing. Uh, if it's if it's a relatively minor thing, like for example, they stole a couple of princesses from the past, and it didn't seem to have any effect whatsoever on the timeline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you would think princesses going missing would be a big thing, but <laughs> not, not the way that. So, uh, Doctor Who likes to describe that as timey wimey. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I think it's much more of a riff on uh, Doctor Who than it is Back to the Future. But as mentioned, there's a couple of references in there that you could probably apply as, as yeah. references to Back to the Future. Yeah. Going back to uh, going back to Bill and Ted. Uh, that um, and actually speaking of the the princesses, because at the end uh, they bring them back, like you mentioned, for that music video, and it's kind yeah. of where the the story begins, where Bill and Ted are making that music video at the very beginning. And this is just such a classic like portrayal of home movie making. It's like I still remember when I would mess around with my video camera and I'd be um, filming things with my cousins all the time. In fact, I would even say that that kind of led to, um, you know, me wanting to do Internet stuff and streaming stuff. So. So I appreciated um, that. Well, and due to the time period, that camera that they're using was literally the smallest uh, consumer video camera available at the time. That's how that's the smallest they made them at the time. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because <laughs> it was recording directly, um, I, that one looked like it was a full size VH, uh, VHS. So uh, mm-hmm. it was a little later, they came up with VHSC, which would fit in an adapter. Right. So, yeah, just by nature, that thing is big, uh, heavy thing. So. Yeah, my but uncle. My uncle that, had one of those. But other than that, yeah, I uh, had a camera like that, and, and so yeah, I never did anything like a music video with it. But uh, it's it's thing we, you know. I yeah, know, I think every kid's done it. It's just much easier to do these days. It's oh yeah, totally. Too. Yeah, especially with iPhone cameras. Yeah, and yeah. and speaking of uh, speaking of classics, like th- this is a classic start to a movie in my mind. Like th- this is like. You're, you it starts off in world history class you're bored out of your mind you you're not you know it, it it's like they they intentionally i feel like made the teachers um like the the teacher in that particular one like super boring on purpose to like add to the story right yeah not not quite as boring as uh, Ferris Bueller's day off but yeah it's, it's pretty yeah them being just bored not paying attention is a yeah yeah it's a key thing right pretty, also a common 80s theme um is is talking about school and stuff there's a lot of teen movies and stuff like that that are tight you know circle around school and stuff like that right and it kind of and it kind of starts out with um 
you know, basically the entire movie plot is if you don't get an, you know, see, here's the thing I put in my notes. If you don't get an A on your oil report, it was a plus back in those days because <laughs> yeah. I changed yeah. how that works now. But if you don't get an A plus on your oil report, you're going to flunk and, you know, not and, and Ted's getting sent off to military academy. No military academy. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say that's one of those things that they did a little more often back in those days was the. Yeah, you're really screwing up the class. And I think to a certain extent, they did know that some students were just a little bored and they they understood that a little better. Because these days, like, it's all math. It's like, okay, you did this assignment and you got this score. And so we're just going to do all the math on total points and add it up at the end. But occasionally you get that one teacher was like, yeah, I get it. Maybe you're just bored. So if you if you ace the final, fine. I'm not going to flunk you out of the class because you, at least, you clearly you learned something. It's just you're too bored to do the homework or something. You know, something right. Like, They'll understand. So that that plot where it's like, oh, you've completely failed the class so far. But if you ace your final, <laughs> then we're not going to flunk you at least. And and so that's that's a pretty accurate portrayal, I, I, I think. So that's yeah, no, and 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 Ted's dad just being like the strict uh, parent who is like who who he's like disappointed. Uh, it's like like Bill's being a bad influence on him, and you know all of that stuff, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a certain uh, certain um, lifestyle that I know maybe a little too well. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of that class, you have a note here about the cheerleaders. I think you meant to put that a little earlier. Is why why were the cheerleaders wearing the uniforms in class? I I will say, um, yeah, when I was going to high school, there were certain days depending on like they might have a rally in the middle of the school day. And have everybody go to the gym. Yeah. And so the cheerleaders would just wear their uniforms those days. Or if there was like homecoming or so, there were certain days where they would just wear yeah, their uniforms. Yeah, but all even day. then. But it wasn't, but it wasn't every day. So right. Yeah. Just, even, even but, then though, when, 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 even when that would happen, cause I know exactly what you're talking about. Like even when that yeah. did happen, like they would, they would dismiss them early to, <laughs> to change. Right. So it's, yeah, but they still, you know, um, not like I said, not, not when I was in high school. Um, there were certain days where essentially mm. it was more of a morale thing. They would, in, it was, they would schedule in advance and say, Hey, all the cheerleaders are going to wear their uniforms this day. And so there was just certain days where cheerleaders were wearing the uniforms. Normally, yes, for most events, it was, they would change into their uniforms for the event. They wouldn't wear them all day, but occasionally there were those days where they'd be wearing it. And that's just a thing that happened. So I wasn't, that never weirded me out that they were wearing their uniforms in class. Cause I, yeah. I was used to that happening all the time. Well, and, and, and that one, and that one, uh, came straight from the, uh, from the watch party. We were all making that comment and, and I was, yeah, I, well, yeah, I wasn't there, so I couldn't mention it then. So. <laughs> Fair. But, uh, but, uh, going back to, uh, to, uh, to the parents here, we, we see that Ted's dad is like the really strict parents. Like he's saying it's like how Bill has, is a bad influence on him and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. but but bill's parents on the other hand are i i get the vibe that they're kind of like the laid-back chill kind of parents you know like they're they're kind of the they're kind of the fun parents you know <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's a whole discussion we could get into about how laid back those parents are <laughs> well yeah i mean particularly because uh, <laughs> there's a certain point where um <laughs> where they need a bill to get started on their report so they can get yeah. to other activities. <laughs> yes. And it's pretty uh, much, notice, you, yeah. 
And you notice they are doing those other activities in his room. In his room, right? Yeah. Yeah, like... So... <laughs> that's... Okay. Yeah, it's like, all right, sure, whatever. But also... Uh, and, not to, and not to spoil things too much, uh, it turns out they're even more laid back in the future. So it's just... Oh, okay. Okay. It's one of those. All right. Uh, well, it's it gets interesting. Let's just... I, I can only say that much. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But like, but but also like the mom in the movie. Whew. Anyway, <laughs> no. but uh, strange things are afoot in the Circle K, uh, Brian. Ooh. Oh, I was going to mention when he was yelling um, at him about all the stuff. Uh, you notice he was looking for his keys. And then at the end of the discussion, he's like, okay, you better go do your thing. I'm going to the station, right? Mm, okay. How is he going to get to a station without his keys? Hmm, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, is it within walking distance? I'm unclear on it. It, it must yeah. be. It must be. Yeah, it was just thing. I, I, I think they. Weird. I think they did walk. I don't remember them. I don't remember there being a car there at the Circle K. I don't think. Well, I mean, um, for his dad to get to the station, it might. Oh, well. gotcha. I so, see. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, I was just. It was a thing. Uh, but yeah, the Circle K. Uh, yeah, sorry. strange things are afoot in the Circle K. But here, here's the thing that uh, I mean. Well. First of all, Circle K, I mean, they must have paid for that promotion or or the the movie paid for the rights to use that convenience store or something. Or I have an alternate explanation. Uh-huh. Um, although um, the times I've been to Phoenix, this wasn't true. Um, there was a time where I had my sister lived in Tucson. And at that time uh, in the 90s, uh, you couldn't stand anywhere in Tucson without being able to see a Circle K. It was impossible. They were like every other block in some places. It was mm. crazy. It, it was like the only convenience store in Tucson. And so I suspect that in the late 80s, there were a substantial number of Circle Ks in Phoenix as well. Right. Probably not as dense as in Tucson, but still quite a few. I know there was, uh, out, out where my parents lived for a time, um, there, was a, there was a store that was clearly used to be a Circle K. It was the old style with the slanted roof and the big windows up front. Uh, it was repurposed into something else, but it clearly used to be a Circle K. So I think right. I have a suspicion that they just used it as a shot site because it was convenient. It just happened to be there. They asked permission. Circle K is like, sure, why not? Um, whether or not money was exchanged, uh, that's that's debatable. That is that is. But the thing that the thing that I, that was significant for me is, um, well, two things. One is that um, that it was just it's just a convenience store like every circle k that i've been to like it's been a gas station you know what i mean like they're selling gas and everything this one um this one was purely just a convenience store right oh i can confirm when you have that number of circle k's in that amount of density you don't need them all to be gas stations i think the yeah. goal was to, for them to be within walking distance of basically anywhere and mm -hmm. so some of them were convenience but not for gas. And and so, yeah, down in the Southwest, um, there were, there were quite a few circle K's that did. In fact, here in Chicago, I see quite a few seven 11s that aren't gas stations and where I'm from in, in Western Colorado, every seven 11 was a gas station. Yeah, no, every seven 11 that I, that I know of is a gas station. Yeah. Actually, yeah, wait, no, that's actually not true. I, where I grew up, up, not up here, it isn't. Yeah. Where I grew up, there was a, uh, yeah, maybe I'm misremembering, but yeah, yeah. I, I so, there was so a it sort of swaps. 
Yeah. Up here, all the Circle K's were probably gas stations, but in the Southwest, they weren't. But in the Southwest, all the 7-Elevens were gas stations. Now it's right. all changed. Um, they've, you know, 7-Elevens have moved all over the place. Now it's, now it's yeah. just willy-nilly. I can't make blanket statements. Uh, yeah, I think today, I think but. if I remember, yeah, I, th- I think the 7-Eleven where I grew up, yeah, I think it was just a convenience store. I don't think there was a gas station. Yeah. I'm Yeah, I misremembered that. Yeah. But uh, but what's cool about uh, what's cool about the Circle K that they used in that movie is that it's actually still around. Uh, I looked it up and on Google Maps um, and I have a link in the show notes there. um, You can it's still around. It's still operating. Um, And uh, and and uh, And, and, and it's still a Circle K. That's it is still thing. a Circle There's K, a, right? So many of those Circle Ks, like I mentioned, have been sold and repurposed and turned into other things. And it hasn't been significantly remodeled. It still has the same roof line and everything. It's, it's yeah, yeah. still that Circle K. I wouldn't be surprised at this point if they have some sort of like memorabilia, like somewhere in like around the store or like outside yeah. it or something. I don't know. I don't know. But I, um, I haven't been to that particular one, so I don't know. Yeah, right. But. But yeah, uh, but yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, but um, but uh, but so, also, so Will, yeah. what number am I thinking of? What number are you thinking of? Could it be sixty nine, dudes? <laughs> <laughs> what's funny? Which, uh, yeah, what's funny which, about that line in particular is that uh, Funkarius was the first one that um, alerted me to that. Uh, that particular um soundbite because it was after one night we were playing Fortnite or something and i just <laughs> loved it so much i put it on my soundboard not realizing that like oh yeah that's a bill and ted reference <laughs> yeah that's a bill and ted reference uh i will say that they were very early in the uh just say referencing 69 sort of thing it might have kicked some of that off uh the way they reference it is 69 dudes is obviously not that common now it's obviously more recently it's turned into nice but um yeah they were yeah. very early in that in that uh in making that a popular number yeah and i don't think we need to explain why it's a, such a popular number nope. and why it's funny <laughs> um one of the other iconic things uh that i didn't realize until um until afterwards um they do the little uh guitar solos every once in a while they're like like (laughs) like they're when they it's like their celebration you know what i mean um yeah and um and it was significant for me because i remember years ago i i couldn't tell you what video it was but i remember a youtube video of where it was like a sketch and they were doing like the air guitar solo like thing right yeah and i guarantee you that that had to that had to be that had to have been a bill and ted reference right and it just went over my head completely until um until when I w- saw it in the movie, I'm like, oh, that's where that's from. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things about those guitar solos, I don't know if you know, they sound awesome when they do it. They're like, and it sounds really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a suspicion that when they're actually playing their guitars, they're playing them as if they're air guitars, which is uh, what, which would explain why they sound the way they do at the end of the movie. <laughs> right on, right on. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you you have a thing here about because uh, the first uh, the first uh, is it the first place that they stop in the time machine? I think it's one of the it, it's one of the first it's ones. One that of they the stop. first. It's either the first or second. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget to note which one it is. But yeah, obviously they go back and they meet Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. And but what they do is they don't call him Billy the Kid. They call him Mister the Kid. 
they don't even call they don't even call him Mr. Kid. They call him Mr. The Kid. Mr. And the Kid. <laughs> and and I've noticed I have a tendency uh, occasionally to refer to su- certain people online with their you know with their handles and stuff. Like for example, we've got somebody we know who's gone by you know bad weave, good weave, all sorts of weaves. And so because he kept changing part of his name, I just started calling him Mr. Weave. Uh, and then there was Bryce who goes by uh, for for a while it's like uh, Neshcom, uh, yeah, Neshcom, but that's actually short for Nesh Complex. I would occasionally mm-hmm. refer to him as Mr. Complex. Mr. Complex. <laughs> yeah. Which, the, and, which, if you don't know the context of that, that sounds really bad out of context. <laughs> well, yeah, out of context, maybe. But, uh, and so when I was rewatching this, it, it, it occurred to me that uh, I may have picked up that habit from this movie of occasionally just going, hey, that would sound kind of funny if I threw a Mr. in front of it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's great, though. Like, Mr. The Kid. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of uh, my favorite lines, uh, <laughs> there's 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 two lines out that were just really hilarious to me. Um, I think this was when they went to um, to ancient Greece, and uh, <laughs> and they're talking with um, uh, help me out here. What's his What's his name? Socrates. Socrates. Yeah. Thank you. And um, <laughs> I don't even remember what the what the context of this line is, but they were, they mentioned days of our lives. That's a soap opera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be it was the- very popular at the time this movie came out. So, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, you know, it's Socrates because in their history book, they had to go look him up as Socrates because that's how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And-, and you'll notice they know the difference. They know his name is Socrates, but, but they know that they have to look it up as Socrates because they've clearly spelled it wrong in the history book. <laughs> right because because even at the end of the movie they still call him socrates so yeah yeah and uh <laughs> i remember uh this was uh this was during the uh the medieval castle scene if i remember correctly um mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if it was exactly medieval but i just assume i i just i i just correlate castles and knights and shining armor and everything with medieval so i don't know <laughs> but i remember it's like there's a hist. It's a history p- report, not a babe report. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah, it's. But you'll notice they ended, and so they didn't actually take the babes, right? Yeah, they didn't take the princesses with them because they didn't need them for their history report. But Rufus was n- nice enough to take care of that at the end of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing though that I want to mention, um, and I think it's significant to talk about because um, one thing that did not hold up well in this movie, and it kind of took me off guard a little bit, was during that scene as well when they're um, when they take out the knight and and Ted happens to be in one of the uh, the knight suits. I think it, it was they uh after they defeat him they turn around and exclaim the f word to the knight and it kind of caught me off mm-hmm. guard a little bit because you know it, it i it was it, i i it came out in in the 80s and so back in those times it it, it basically it, the word wasn't as trivialized as it is now right so it's definitely a sign of the times right and you know, I still remember I still remember um, kids that I grew up with in junior high and high school using that word. And that was that was only like a decade ago for me. And so, like, it it, it definitely spoke to me as like a sign of the times. But it also just 
like I said, it just completely caught me off guard because I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute. You don't say that word anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so in the in the late 80s, the way that they were using that is distinctly different from the reason nobody uses that word anymore. So there's like, yeah, did some people use it that way back in the late 80s? Yes, absolutely. And it, it, that was a problem. But the way that they're using it in the movie is actually a completely different connotation. You'll notice uh, they use it after they hug each other um, jokingly. They aren't they aren't making a disparaging comment to, you know, somebody that's a homosexual. They're just I mean, yes, it does lead into connotations that are bad. But at the time, it wasn't used. Most of the people, especially younger people, didn't even know what the word actually meant at the time. I didn't learn until I was closer to like 20 or something like that it was it would have been about 10 years after that movie was released before i actually even later than that i think where i found out what the actual meaning of that term is yeah Um, and so yeah is is the people using it in that day and time in the way they use it in the movie totally did not mean it the way that is why we don't use the word anymore so it's uh Yeah. yeah it's unfortunate it hasn't aged well uh, but but they don't mean it that way in the movie, and I think it, this is one of those cases where you do have to take in consideration the the current climate at the time and, right. and the intention of the use of the word. Uh, right. The intention was not bad. Um, these days we would consider it bad anyways. We wouldn't even use it in that context today, but right. this movie is a bit a, a movie of its time. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, is like, that that word it was that word and and the r word that were that were constantly thrown around in my it, like growing up for me and like and oh and, um i will point out uh, i just happened to be watching uh star trek 4 again and they use the r word in that and i'm like yeah that wouldn't fly anymore it just no no mhm so but uh i didn't i didn't remember that was in there yeah no and uh and 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 for what it's worth um Alex Winter uh, did uh, respond to somebody who um, who tweeted like a couple like I think it was like two years ago. Somebody tweeted. They were like, oh, um, <laughs> is anyone going to talk about the fact that they used a, um, a homophobic slur? And uh, and and the actor who plays Bill, Alex Winter, has has already come out and said, you know, like it was horrible. Like and, you know, he's already apologized for for using that word. And so, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's like, I'm willing to cut it some slack. It was one time that they used it and, and they just weren't, you know, they just weren't culture. Like they just weren't yeah. aware at the time. And, and, right. And then if you take the context in it, it, like they were using it jokingly, they were not uh, jokingly in a good way, relatively speaking. I mean, I don't. Right. I still can't dismiss it. I'm trying to figure out how to say I've explained it enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and it, 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 yeah, it's yeah, it, it's still bad either way, but but yeah. yeah, but given the context, it's it's yeah, it, it at least provides some explanation, if nothing else, right? Yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, what 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 is this thing you had about the <laughs> sneaking into okay, the so, armor? So when they do the castle scene, um, like they go, hey, we want to get in there. They wanted to, you know, meet the princesses. Uh, and like, well, how do we get in there? And and they go, hey, I have an idea. And then smash cut to them already in armor inside the castle. And it never occurred to me when I watched it, you know, the first several times. But this time I was like, wait, if you're trying to sneak into the castle, how do you get into the armor that's already in the castle if that's the castle you're trying to sneak into? Mm. If, if that's your disguise, but your disguise is already in there, how did you get in to get into the disguise? 
magic. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a trope. It's like a cartoon. It's a literal cartoon trope of just oh, now I'm suddenly in the armor thing. Uh, but it, it was just funny. I was like, logically, that doesn't hold. But hey, is this movie logical? No, no, it's not. But it's fun though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, speaking of fun, having fun at the water park, um, Waterloo. Yeah. 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 So, so I thought that was clever that they would go, Hey, where would we find Napoleon? Oh, Waterloo. And then they, you know, then they start showing the Waterloo, the, the water park in San Dimas. Well, the trick is, I looked at, I got curious about that. I go, Okay, was that just convenient that there was a Waterloo water park in San Dimas, or did they just make that up for the movie? So I looked it up, and they they clearly made it up for the movie. Uh, there there was a Raging Waters in San San Dimas, but not a Waterloo. Uh, but the funny thing is, is that water park that they show isn't even the Raging Waters in the San Dimas, because they filmed most of this movie in Phoenix. Uh, as when we were talking about the Circle K's earlier, you'll notice I was talking about Arizona and not Los Angeles with the number right. of Circle K's. It's because most of this was filmed in Phoenix and where that was actually filmed with the sun splash in Mesa, Arizona, which is right next to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they did film some locations near LA. Uh, I, uh, there's a list. I think you'll have that link in the, in the show notes. You can go look up which ones those are. Right. But uh, notably, despite them using some fairly low cost, you know, LA, obviously you can always film in LA. It's low cost. All your, all your actors and, and production staff and all that live near there. So that's relatively inexpensive to film. Uh, Phoenix isn't too long of a drive from LA. It's, it's a bit of a drive. It's a little boring of a drive, but it's not too far. So it's a relatively inexpensive and it does look substantially similar to LA in lots of ways. So you can get away with that. Um, and at the time, maybe it was actually cheaper. But weirdly enough, they decided to make an actual trip to Italy for two set, sets in particular, which they didn't even use that much. Uh, yeah. One one is the scene where they pick up Socrates. Socrates. Right. That's yeah, in Italy. Yeah. And that's like two minutes of the film. And, and then the other one is the castle, the English, quote unquote, English castle. Mm-hmm. That was also in Italy. So yeah, it's went, it's almost like they could have. Uh, yeah, it's like it was interesting that they decided to save money. I, I assume and film in Arizona as opposed to LA, but, yeah. but then they go out and do these scenes in Italy and, <laughs> and they only use I, like, I, and they're only like 10 minutes total, maybe of the entire movie. Yeah. I have a suspicion though, that they wanted an actual castle looking castle, which is impossible to find in the United States. Uh, they, right. All castles in the United States look a little too modern to, to fly on that case. And so, uh, so I think they were looking for a castle. I think, I think the logic there probably fell out as, uh, where's the cheapest place we can find a castle to film at? And it just turned out Italy was cheaper than England. And then while they were in Italy, they happened to find a spot and go, you know, this would be great for that Socrates. Scene. Right. No, that's, that's I gotta think, be I think it. The logic yeah. There, yeah. They had to travel to Europe to get the castle anyways, uh, because the, their other option is to do the Monty Python trick and it's only a model, which it, I think it's good that they didn't use a model for the castle that would have looked really stupid yeah 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 um of course the uh of course the iconic line uh which we all uh we all could use more of right as bill and ted once said be excellent to each other party on dudes (laughs) something we should all take to heart you know what i mean (laughs) oh yeah as as the great uh abraham lincoln once said yes 
(laughs) Did they actually quote that as Abraham Lincoln? I missed that part. (laughs) No, but um, but Abraham Lincoln says that at the at the you know while they're doing the presentation. Oh, gotcha. I see. As Bill and yeah, he quotes the whole "Be excellent to each other" party on dudes. (laughs) Party on dudes. Yeah. Right. Right. That's amazing. One of the great moments of the film is is Abraham Lincoln saying "Party on, dudes." <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But but yeah, it's it, it, that that's that's got to be the most iconic line of all, of the entire movie for sure. Yeah, and so speaking of that presentation where uh, Abraham Lincoln was in, one of the things I found interesting is um, during that presentation, uh, they state quite a few number of historical facts. Bill and Ted actually have a lot of facts, and it's not like they were re- writing off a script; they were doing it from memory. And so it makes you wonder at the beginning of the movie when the teacher is asking him questions and they're just like, uh, they're giving really wrong answers and stuff. It's like, at what point in the movie did they have time to actually learn that stuff? Because keep in mind, the Bill and Ted that do the presentation are the ones that had a 24-hour clock running on them. All the little tricks that they do afterwards were things that happened after they had already done uh, the done their, pres- their presentation, right? So they don't actually have time in there to study for their presentation. You know, people would go, but you got a time machine. You just go study and then you come back in time. But that's not how the rule works, right? Mm-hmm. So they only had 24 hours and they spent most of that 24 hours collecting people and then trying, you know, and then trying to find Napoleon and all that stuff. Uh, and so they didn't have time to study. So they actually knew quite a bit. Also, while they're going through time and finding people, they're identifying people really quickly. They knew that that was Billy the Kid. Oh, actually, I guess they said it was Billy the Kid. But like they see, uh, they see Freud and they go, hey, look, it's Freud. Like they were confused as what time they were even in, but they look at the, they go, Hey, that's that Freud dude. Right. Um, They know what each of the people is good at. Once they know it's Billy the kid, they know he's a famous Western guy. Uh, When they find Beethoven, they're like, yeah, he's, you know, and then when they do their presentation, they start adding additional facts in that they had no time to study for. So it almost, it almost looks like they were picking up facts in the history class. They were just bored. And I think what was happening, the teacher would just, just happened to be asking him, specific questions that weren't the questions that they just knew off the top of their head like or or, that's not or how they were memory or, words or they were trolling <laughs> well no it doesn't come off as trolling the way they portray it and so i think they were actually yeah. learning a lot more than the teacher thought they were learning and so i think that also speaks to of course they're getting an a because they did a really good job on that but yeah it's not because they essentially cheated by using their time machine you know other than collecting people they didn't use that for extra study time or anything like that it's not like groundhog day where it's like you can just do it infinitely until you got a good and then take your good take on that one yeah yeah so so that worked so i think they actually were more intelligent than they're portrayed at the beginning of the film and the rest of the film sort of plays that out now are they the smartest people on the planet no no but but that's what makes (laughs) but that's what makes bill and ted right like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so let let's let's go ahead and uh, before we talk about the next few movies because I do want to talk about um you know planning ahead for the next two movies right let let's give our final uh ratings on the movies I have a feeling I know what yours is going to be uh Brian uh excellent so a thumbs up for you right yeah yep yep I I I enjoyed this movie this movie is a thumbs up for me I, this was a, this was a fun movie. I enjoyed this a lot. I had such a fun time watching this. And there are uh, there are two other uh, Bill and Ted movies that are um, that are out there. Uh, we got Bogus Journey, which came out two years after this one did, and then we have Face the Music, which literally came out just last year, right? And so, 
like and not even like and not even like early last year this was probably about three four five months ago give or take yep it was it was late last year yep yeah and, and one of the interesting things is um so it had been probably a couple of decades between the last time i watched bill and ted and when i watched uh that third movie and i'm not going to get into any details of the third movie but i will say um I, I i caught a lot of references to the first two movies in the third movie uh, which was obviously intentional. And I think there was some plan to have the third movie come out significantly after the first two. Um, there, there's reasons for that. Uh, but because it was so long, I clearly missed a lot of the references they're making. Cause when I was watching back through, uh, uh excellent adventure, uh, there were a lot more things I caught that were directly referenced in the third movie. So I think if you're going to watch the third movie, uh, it's either, you, know, you probably want to watch it soon after watching the first two movies uh, because you'll get a lot more out of it that way. Yeah. Well, and, and we've had this discussion too about Back to the Future because we've we've thought about, uh, for Back to the Future specifically, um, we uh, there is talk that potentially we might try to combine the second and the third movie into one podcast potentially because because what i've heard about the third movie is that it's not as good as the as not it's not as good as one and two well that's um not actually the entire reason uh for back to the future two and three were actually filmed at the same time uh they split them into two movies after oh. well, not necessarily after the fact but they're filmed together they're essentially a two-part movie sort of like kill bill one and two. Oh, okay is, two is good by itself but yeah three makes no sense unless you unless it's the essentially the you know last acts of the second so it works better as one move you know one what three hour long movie as opposed to two one and a half hour movies okay okay and so so bogus so bo, um bogus journey probably it, it is bogus journey probably picks up off of um excellent adventure to some extent i think right but yeah they're, it's not it's not as closely tied as the, two, the last two back to the future movies they're they're individual movies but you do have to watch them in order at some point sure you, sure you can't you can't watch the later movies without having because the later movies make no sense if you haven't seen the yeah totally so it should be it should definitely be bogus journey and then face the music which is yep. the order i was going to go in but, anyway but, but you don't yeah. necessarily have to watch them together is the same watch party that's ah, okay I, gotcha. i'm just saying don't wait 10 years to watch watch the last one. Oh yeah no we'll we'll definitely uh we'll we'll, we'll give some breathing room in between a little bit yeah. but but definitely um i definitely want to revisit um uh i don't or revisit i definitely want to visit bogus journey and and actually i would even i think i'm going to include face the music even though it even though it only came out a few months ago like i'm i'm going to include it as because it it goes together it with um, it, it. It goes. I, I say it goes together, quote unquote. But like, it, they're all part of like it, it. It's it's the same thing as Star Wars, right? It's like all the movies like are a part of like one gigantic story, and so it, it's sort of in the same vein with Bill and Ted. It's like they're all like they're all like similar enough to where like you could make it into like a three-part story arc so to speak yeah i i appreciate that the general context of this is the that these are generally older movies that you know basically everybody's seen and you haven't seen uh but i think making an exception for face the music makes sense because it's so closely tied to the other two and now that it's available to watch you should also watch it you can't leave it out just because it's a newer movie totally totally yeah so we'll definitely be covering a bogus journey and face the music um 
in later episodes. Uh, and uh, so look out for those episodes to come out in the future. Uh, I, I think that's going to wrap it up for the podcast today. Uh, thank you so much again, uh, Brian, for being on the show today. Uh, if yep. folks want to uh, find out where you do your work, that didn't that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> where can the oh, where, yeah. where can the folks find uh, your work? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you where I do my actual work because I have a job. And like <laughs> but if you want to if you want to catch me occasionally online for non work related activities, uh, very infrequently I'm on Twitch at B Coford, uh, and uh, sometimes I dabble in the twitters do, mm-hmm. do the do the tweeting uh what, what, what's at, your what's your username oh that is uh i'm at df4728 a122 d9462 <laughs> i'm gonna make you read that username every time you're on the show i hope you know that oh every time i'm on any podcast <laughs> I, yeah, even when i was on rmp i same thing i always read it out because <laughs> it's my actual twitter handle Yep. Uh, it, it, it as far is. as as far as actually, fo- there's no reason to actually follow me on there, which is why I don't change it to something easier to remember. <laughs> Fair enough. But hey, you know it. It's it's his Twitter link. I'm gonna give him the plug. Go follow him if you like. Um, I am doing a watch party for each of these movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movie along with fellow listeners and myself. I stream it live over on my Twitch, where you can also find me live every Wednesday and Friday night. That's at twitch.tv slash is one We have all kinds of gaming streams on there. It's a lot of fun hanging out with the community. But if you can't make it to the watch party, don't you worry, because we have made the watch parties available to the people who support on Patreon. So you can check it out in your very own RSS feed. That's over at patreon.com slash is one Thank you so much to everybody who is supported. Uh, we got two new supporters this week alone, so it's fantastic. Uh, and it helps out expand the show so much. Uh, if you have thoughts about the movie we discussed today, you can join uh, the Cinevention channel in our Discord. That's over at gamenightdiscord.com. And if you have any feedback, you can send an email, email at cinemavention.com. And you can subscribe on any podcatcher of your choice. We're on most platforms. So go pick your favorite and subscribe. Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com. Such amazing work that Kevin McLeod does for the entire internet. We'll be back next week to discuss the movie Groundhog Day, speaking of which. uh, And we'll be joined by Jackie Hearn. And I hope we'll be joined by you as well. For that episode. Till then, we will see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>